0: The views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740, or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it!
2: You know, spring is only a few days away, and I'm getting all excited about that. Um, the auto show was just over, is over this weekend, by the way, and uh, if you have a chance, get down there. It was a fantastic week. A lot of hard work. We did uh, the town hall. We did our broadcasting, and I did a thing for the Toronto Star we can talk about later. Uh, joining us today, Terry O'Keefe. Terry is, uh, we all know, from OMVIC, and we're going to talk about some new words. Car fishing was one of them, and Terry's going to talk about that. After our break, car fishing. And remember, did car you say
3: fishing? Car fishing. Yes. What, what do you? Where is, you put out the. <laughs> is this something you can get at Walmart or what? <laughs> Uh, like, well, no. we, need a, <laughs> okay. we need a bigger boat. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> Continue, David. And we're gonna. I just want to also remind everybody that we're giving away SO cards for gasoline, one hundred dollar uh, gas cards. And so you have to go to our site, davescornergarage.com, uh, dot com, and enter uh,
4: when we're busy. So things are good. Alan, take us out. I will. And if you got a car care question, and uh, we've got lots of experience, we're happy to take those questions. Maybe, maybe, maybe you bought a car recently, something went awry, or perhaps the other way. Maybe you made a used car purchase and you loved it.
3: I want to hear more about this car fishing thing, and Terry O'Keefe from Monvick will be here to answer any questions you have right now about what to look for when you're looking to maybe buy a car from online and other things and mechanical questions. So we're here for the hour. We want you to join us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, heard right across Canada, and we want to take your calls right now. Plus, you know, some people are a little bit bashful, like, uh, well, not like Dave or Allen, because we wouldn't be doing a show if we were bashful. We're not bashful. No. We're fully dressed. <laughs>
2: not me. And, uh, <laughs> so
3: go on our website. You can, uh, ask for, uh, go to the website. You'll see a, a little icon on there, and you can, uh, email in a question that you may have for Dave or Allen, and particularly with any of our guests. And this morning it is Terry O'Keefe from Momvic. Welcome, Terry. Always a pleasure, guys. Hey, it's been a great uh, couple of weeks with uh, the auto show and everything going on. We'll talk about that later on and some interesting things about, I got to hear about car fishing. But we send it over to camera 14, and here's uh, Dave Rediger. So, Terry, uh, the OMVIC,
2: according to OMVIC's research, one in four ads that are, are labeled for sale by owner are actually uh, curbsiders. Can you want to sort of talk about car fishing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, car fishing, it's kind of a, a takeoff on the term catfishing, which is yeah. with all, all the online dating sites that are out there right now, uh, not everybody is completely, uh, let's say, truthful <laughs> in how they might describe their uh, their profile. Maybe that profile picture is actually 25 years old. That was very politically correct. Uh, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it does happen, I'm it, told. It does. And so it's quite possible that you could see a car ad. Uh, you know that 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 is just as deceitful as as uh, some of those online ads for for us might be, and and rolled back odometers is one of the biggest areas of of concern for us right now, and that comes right back, Dave, to what you're talking about, curbsiders. Uh, these are mm-hmm. I- illegal, unlicensed dealers. They're in the business of selling cars, but what they do is they they pose as private sellers. They pretend they're selling their own personal vehicle, and these vehicles are the, they're. The two most common things it 's a rebuilt wreck, and of course they don 't disclose that the, mm-hmm. the ad will say oh it 's in good condition uh or it 's got a rolled back odometer and uh this is it 's becoming more and more prevalent and just before we went on the air we were sitting in the green room, and we actually uh, flipped open a very popular online uh marketplace here in the uh, here in Ontario. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it means village. Yeah, it yes. means village. And we, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. we uh, just typed in odometer correction. There was 19 ads either for people who are willing to come to your house and roll back the, or- the odometer on your car mm-hmm. or to sell you the tools to do it yourself. And so this is, this is becoming a bigger problem. People think that today's electronic dashes, it's hard to do. It's actually easier to do on many cars than ever.
2: But there is information available online. If you go to Carfax or CarProof, uh,
1: they usually have a a thing where if the speedometer is in the wrong position, uh, it'll note it. It will. Now, you're right about the history reports like Carfax and CarProof. They may have some historical odometer information. But it's not a guarantee. Uh, they stopped reporting the uh, information from the Ministry of Transportation or Service Ontario quite a number of years ago. But, but there's a spot on, on when you reapply for your license plate sticker, they usually ask for the mileage. That's right. So that historical odometer information will show up on a UVIP, okay. a used vehicle information ah. package.
3: But when you go into it like a Service Ontario, Right. And you, you're getting your license plate mm-hmm. renewed and all that sticker stuff and you put down the odometer reading. Right. Have you ever had somebody say, oh, can you give me a picture of that and show me the exact the mileage that you're putting down there? No,
4: no, that, no, not at all. You're right. They're they're depending on you to be truthful about that. Because and, and, that happens.
3: And, and <laughs> yeah. so
1: it's, uh, oftentimes those odometer readings are guesses. You'd be surprised how many of them are a nice even number, like 34,000 kilometers, right? <laughs> you, saw, you saw mine, did you? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Oh, I forgot the one at the beginning. <laughs> so, yes. So, so the UVIP is going to provide that historical odometer information as it's been reported, um, which is great. It's a very good tool, don't get me wrong. But very often these cars that the curbsiders are selling are coming from out of province. Oh. So there's not going to be anything on that used vehicle information package because it is specific to Ontario.
2: Now, Terry, we've talked about this before, but go go through this the, the signs or, or the the markers that this
1: is a curbsided car. Well, it's priced below market market value yeah. because very often the car is you know it's either a rebuilt wreck. Or it's got a tampered odometer. So they'll, they'll price it low to try and sell it quick. Because they've got less money invested to begin with. That's right. And, and so they can sell it for less money. Right. Um, one of the first things that you should do when you call about that ad that you've seen is say, I'm calling about the car you have for your advertising. And if they say which one, uh, that's, a, that's a clear sign that you should probably run because you're probably dealing with a curbsider who's because you know.
4: most independent people who are selling their car only have that car to sell. That's right. Not a choice of 5 or 6.
3: Is there like a percentage where you think, like ballpark, of how many cars that are sold as curbsiders mm-hmm. actually have their the odometer uh, adjusted so to speak?
1: No. We, we we don't know. It used to be that curbsiders were selling the cars that dealers didn't want. They were selling the one and 2000 dollar cars that dealers didn't want on their used car lot. Mm-hmm. But they've disco- they've discovered that there's a lot more money to be made in buying new new vehicles that have either been written off right. or that are high mileage and rolling back the odometers. Um, so it's impossible for us to to say how many of those cars. But we, you know, are probably one of our most uh, famous curbsiders, if you will. Mm-hmm. His entire mo was buying uh, high mileage pickup trucks from Western Canada, right. bringing them to Ontario, rolling back the odometers, and then selling them. And these were not two thousand dollar cars. These were thirty two, forty two thousand dollar high end pickup trucks. Uh, so it is a problem out there. The other a couple of other things that you should do. Mm-hmm. If you know if it, this is supposed to be a, a private sale. Right ask the seller can I see your driver's license and can I see the ownership for the vehicle right And just compare them make sure it's the same person right why do you want to buy a vehicle that's not registered in the name of the person who's selling it, it is is my grandmother's car and they'll have an excuse exactly like that yeah. <laughs> where's your grandmother from Soviet Union
3: oh, oh, is this the uh, olympics of a- athletes of Russia Sorry. Right. So, so
1: do you really really want to turn over thousands of dollars to somebody when the, they're not even the registered owner, and in the age of social
3: media that we're in right now, I mean, is it any? Is there any protection to the consumer when they go by and take a look and meet so and so at that location? They have their phone running, you know, and just to protect their uh, trunk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is there what they really?
1: Is there anything that they can do to protect themselves? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of things they want to do. They want to buy their own UVIP. They don't want to take the one from the seller, even though the seller has to provide it. Because that historical odometer information or lean information can be removed re- and then re- reprint it and give it to the person.
4: Oh, you mean so you could be presented with a UVIP that someone has altered?
1: Yeah. So for I'd, okay. I'd suggest to protect yourself for 20 bucks, buy your own at a service Ontario office. Okay. Buy that car proof mm. and or car fax report and scrutinize it. And the most important thing is take the car for an inspection to your mechanic. And if you can't, if the person who's selling the car won't let you or they've got an excuse, there's no insurance on it, pass. Exactly. The 99% of the time, they're trying to cover something up or trying to hide something.
3: It, it's just not worth the risk. So it isn't like just going to look at a car that looks attractive online, you go see it. You need to go to a place like like uh, Glen Allen Motors or any local mechanic that you trust, because as you said, Al, what you've got to be to do what to protect you've, yourself.
4: You've you've got to put the car up on the hoist. You've got to pull the wheels off. You know, you want to look at brake suspension. You can't do that by just taking it around the block at somebody else's spot. You know, so to do it thoroughly, you have to be able to lift it up and look underneath. I mean, you know, you, you guys know it. What do they call them? Franken cars, you know, where, where cars have been stitched together, the front handle of one and the back the I want to hear another. more about
3: car fishing.
4: Uh, okay, we can go there. Terry you know. <laughs> car car fishing or carp fishing I think is where you said it originated
3: from. Well, I'll tell you what, there's some interesting stuff before we get to, to Terry. It's almost like photoshopping for uh, for cars. So I mean, anything can be adjusted on social media. So for anybody listening right now, which is there's thousands, listen to what we're going to talk about next, because this is becoming almost epidemic.
4: My buddy actually went on one of those sites and he said he, "What he pulled up and he looked
3: and he went, whoa, that can't be the girl whose picture I just saw. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't she just get in the country illegally? And so is the car illegally. So that and more. Any questions you have about your vehicle besides if you're buying from a curbsider, Alice here, as is Dave, and we'll take your calls throughout the hour. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Dave's Corner Garage.com. That's the website where you can, yeah, you, 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 and and you way over there in Beamsville. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can go <laughs> online and register to win a Nestle gift card, $100 or $50. So uh, we're going to keep the contest going for a few more weeks. So and we get great on that links website there for yeah.
4: all kinds of good information. Yeah,
3: I mean, Omic's got a great link up there, but mm-hmm. uh, certain people that have been warned and closed down. So, uh, Dave, <laughs> off to you. Okay. The question I had for Terry was,
2: you know, curbsiders are getting vehicles. Why don't you go after the guys that are sourcing those cars for curbsiders? Like they go to the auto auctions and buy, or they go to impact and buy. And when you see this, these cars are showing up uh, with curbsiders, cut off the source. Like These guys lose their license if they're selling to
1: a curbsider. Uh, well, that's that's a great question, Dave. It is illegal for a registered dealer to sell cars to a curbsider. And we do prosecute them when when we can, you know, when we find them and can and can prove it. And the fines can be substantial. But you're right, you know, you know, curbsiders are in business to sell cars, they're competing with registered dealers, so it's very frustrating for both Omvic and registered dealers who are compliant with the law when we have other registered dealers who are actually supplying curbsiders with inventory. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of cars, those are those one those are those cars the traditional curbsider cars, the ones dealers don't want on their lot.
4: Well, you know, and the insurance companies have been asked about this and said, you know, why do you sell these cars when, in fact, they should be going to junk? And they say, well, we have to try to get our, some of our money back. So they don't care.
1: And, and that's the other source of inventory, right? That's those salvage auctions where mm. the insurance write-offs are being sold. The difference is if it's a wholesale auction... It, where you know where dealers are going to buy their cars mm-hmm. it is illegal for them to take a member of the public into that wholesale auction right only registered dealers and registered salespeople can go to a wholesale auction. But the other auctions, these salvage auctions, don't have that stipulation. Right. Right? You, because you might, you know, Alan, you repair cars. Maybe you're going to buy a wreck because you're working on another car and you're buying it for parts. Could be, yeah. So we'll often have the, the, the curbsiders are, are there under a false pretense right. that they're actually there buying, buying this vehicle for parts when, in fact, the intent is to fix it up and sell it.
4: Right, and exactly. And, and, and besides, they're not going to be wearing a badge that says, I'm a curbsider. I mean, you don't know who they are.
1: That's right. And, they'll, and they, will, they will have straw buyers. Mm-hmm. They will have people buying these you know, in, in different names. And if they, people want to learn more about it, what's your, what's your website? Omvic.ca. Okay. Uh, there's some great resources there. I encourage anyone that's uh, in the market for a car, whether you're buying from a dealer or thinking about buying privately, Go there. Educate yourself. Learn run, learn what your rights are. Learn when you're protected and when you're not. You know, especially about the cooling off period, which we can talk about later on this hour.
4: All right. Well, let's, uh, we're going to go out to Beamsville. We made a joke earlier about Beamsville, but there actually is a lady there. Her name is Maureen. And it looks like... She's got some problem with critters under the hood. Maureen, what can we do for you?
5: Yes, I am, and I'm a great-great-grandmother, not a grandmother you were talking about. Okay, Dave, this is what happened. Monday night, I... I, Is it okay I put you on my speakerphone? Go right ahead. Okay. Monday night, I was driving home, and I noticed a symbol came up on my dash. I wasn't familiar with it. Uh I checked the manual, and it said airbag. Right. So, uh, oh, first okay. thing in the morning, I called my dealer. By the way, I'm leasing a 2017
6: Ford mm-hmm.
5: Escape. Yep. And so I called the dealer. They said it come in for a diagnostic test. Right. Uh, they couldn't take me till, till Wednesday of this week. Uh, they shuttled me home. They said it would take a few hours. Um, by the time I got home, they called to say, Bad news.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Your place, <laughs> your car is full of nests. Okay. Some kind of critter. Mm. Yep. And they had to take off the bumper, and well, you know what they had to do. They had to replace um, all the wires were chewed, mm-hmm. and they had to put in a new harness or what, all that.
4: Now, did they go ahead and do that work before they called you?
5: No, they called me and said, "This is what has to be done."
4: Right, and they priced it. They told you that and you'd be responsible for approximately
5: it. Approximately eight hundred dollars.
4: Okay. And it wow. was it
5: was eight hundred dollars less, a couple of dollars.
4: Right. Yes,
5: so I had that done. I picked it up. Uh, they had to keep it overnight. Mm-hmm. I picked it up then on Thursday. Right. I got it home about 2 o'clock in the afternoon this past Thursday. And, by the way, I my cars always parked in a carport. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I parked it in the driveway because I was going to take it out later on. So this is 2 o'clock. About 4.30, I happened to look out the front, and I noticed that my driveway had liquid on it. It, right. was wet, mm-hmm. and it was wet, and it was a dry driveway. So I went out to check, and when I went to the front of the vehicle, on the passenger side, there was a steady stream of fluid right. coming down onto the ground.
4: What kind of fluid was it?
5: Well, I called my neighbor, and he uh, checked. He said, oh, I think it's um, the washer fluid. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and it was still coming down. I put some in a glass jar, and it was blue. Mm-hmm. And um so then he opened up my hood. Yeah. And my hood was full of newspapers and grass. Already? Yes.
4: Wow, you just picked it up, I thought. And
5: I just picked it up. Mm-hmm. And and he said, My gosh, they didn't they didn't finish cleaning this thing out. So I was a little ticked. Mm-hmm. First thing in the morning, at eight o'clock. I was back there in the morning like with a bag of this stuff I gathered up. I couldn't get it all out of the vehicle. Right, took it back, and they said, "Oh, since you took it home, there's another curter has got into your vehicle."
4: But you, but Marie, oh you how long did <laughs> you have?
5: How Two long hours. did you have the car back? Two hours. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know, I laughed. I said, "You got to be kidding." They said, "No, no, this could happen." They said, "We guarantee we cleaned everything out." So um, I'll
3: tell you what, Maureen. If you can uh, just hang on, we're just going to go to a break. Okay. But uh, Sebastian, our producer, will take down your name and your phone number, and uh, we'll get back to you uh, sometime this week with uh, with a solution to your critters. There, okay? Really appreciate your call. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. It was faster than a speeding bullet. Could be Starlings. I Whoa. used to have those in my car. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. And listen, if we can't get to your answer uh, during the show, Sebastian will take down your name, phone number, email, and uh, Dave and Alan will get back to you. So no worry about critters. Speaking of which, camera 35. Oh, great story.
2: Yeah, go ahead. This yeah. I used to get emails when I was working for the Toronto Sun about critters under the car. Mm-hmm. What they do is they climb under there because it's warm in the winter, and they sleep on top of the engine, or, or they nest. We used to have, like, uh, mice would sleep in the computers and, and urinate all over the place, oh, and destroying the uh, <laughs> uh, ECM. So, I got a, got this message or a letter, and I wrote back, you know, if you hang a small piece of your cat's tail under the hood, it should keep the animals away. And I got it to. See scathing letter that said i'm so insensitive you know it's you cut a piece of a cat's tail like two inches of the cat's tail off it's just so insensitive and i go not a problem just take one inch <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Nice. <laughs> but it the, is a problem yep. yeah Mr.
1: as a matter sensitivity. of fact
4: bmw has had a problem with it a couple years back i don't know if they've changed it now apparently they were going you know to go more green what they were using was a soy based you know um a product for the insulation on the wires, and it, as it happened that a lot of the animals, whether it be you know mice or rats or whatever or uh, yep. they, they'd like the taste of it and they've had to change it. Ford had some issues yeah. with it yeah
2: the, the vibrations in the wires what attracts them
4: the vibrations and, and they
2: yeah the wires are, are when they're running they're, it attracts the vibrations and then they stay.
3: How do they you know they go for right? Is it like sonar with dolphins or what? Here come and eat I this don't know Sakura. Know what it is.
2: If, if Animals running, get attracted to uh,
3: yeah. Animals for <laughs> so retra- stuff. What are you drinking today? <laughs> Animals <laughs> are attracted to wire vibration. Okay, that's interesting. Well,
2: yeah, wire vibrations, and uh, they chew on the wiring. Did but the worst to- thing is, is that yeah. Go go ahead. I was going to say the worst thing is, is that they they defecate all over the boards and everything, and you end up having to replace the computers. She's lucky that it was just under the under the bumper or inside the engine compartment.
4: So again, she should go to a cat retailer and
3: uh... <laughs> great this this portion of the show is not brought to you by PetSmart any longer you guys are going to talk to you're going to ask terry about uh, car fishing
2: well then we're going to talk to him about contract recession What's see i a... can say that in one word and how it works this means that you bought a car but you can actually hand it back
1: yeah so uh, as we've talked about many times ontario does not have a cooling off period when you buy a vehicle You know, so many consumers think that there's a 48-hour, a 24-hour cooling-off period when, in fact, there's none. None. When you sign that contract, you have signed a final binding agreement. However, there are what we refer to as the six deadly sins. Dealers uh, uh, in this province have a very... um, lengthy and and, and 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 specific list of disclosures that have to be made related to a vehicle's past use history and condition.
4: Now, and, and if they haven't met any of these, that gives you you're out of the deal, correct? Is that
1: your way out? Not quite. Oh, so okay. There's there's, there's 22 on this list. <laughs> Just give us four. But, but okay. there's six. It's right. oh, six. There's six, six exactly that trigger ones. rescission. Yes. Okay. So, failing to disclose the previous use as a taxi or limo. Right. Police or emergency service vehicle. Daily rental that hasn't been owned by someone other than the dealer. Right. Uh, they make model and model year. If that's incorrect, mm-hmm. the vehicle has been branded. In other words, it's, it's, it's a write-off that's been rebuilt. Right. And the odometer reading is incorrect.
4: But here's a question for, for you. Um, how long does it normally take someone to figure this out or find out this information? Isn't it normally after you've actually got the car?
1: Yes. And so under the MVDA, the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, you have 90 days to exercise hmm. that right to rescission from the date of delivery.
4: Oh, so you have 90-day okay. sort of window.
1: And the dealer can't charge you for usage. So if you discovered two, two months in... That this vehicle was, a let's say, a former daily rental, and it right. wasn't disclosed to you, mm-hmm. and it wasn't subsequently owned by someone other than the dealer. Right. You have 90 days. You can take that even vehicle if, back. Even if you signed off on it? That's right. Oh, no. If it was, if it was disclosed... Yeah, but if that, it wasn't disclosed. If it wasn't disclosed, yes. And we actually had a, a, an email from a consumer down in the Niagara region uh, just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He had bought a vehicle. He, he had been told that it was a, a had come from what, a sister store. It was a, very, it was a one-year-old vehicle come from a sister store, traded mm-hmm. in there. He bought it and then discovered very shortly after, I don't know if it was from documents in the glove box or he did a vehicle history search, it was a daily rental. Mm -hmm. that hadn't been disclosed to him right and he went back to the dealer and said you didn't tell me this and the dealer offered him five hundred dollars well that's that's offside Offside. that's offside that dealer should have said you know we'll we'll pay here's an offer five hundred dollars and if you if that's not okay with you we'll take it back we have to take it back right And so we made the consumer very aware of the fact that he had a right to cancel the contract, to rescind it, and get back all the money he had paid Mm -hmm. because it was within that 90 days. Big business if you don't don't
2: know. Terry, did did he go back and hand the car back?
1: We haven't heard back from him. As I said, this was actually literally in the last week. So well, I, well. I haven't heard back from this consumer to know uh, what, what his final decision was. You're
3: listening to Dave's so, Corner Garage. We are open till the top of the hour, and we're just going to go to a break right now. But if you've got any questions about curbsiders, what to look for when you're buying a car that's sort of a little bit... Mm-mm. And uh, problems with your car as we head into spring. Alan's here, Dave is here. Davis here. Give us a call. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Dave's Corner Garage. Now, listen, we've had some people who've been phoning up, and uh, so... To try and enter to win, it's easy for the SO gift card. Go to com If you want old school, it's com. It's right on the front page. You click it. Entry form is there. Bob's your uncle. There so, you go.
4: There's an SO picture, is there?
3: There's a beautiful SO picture. Okay. Okay. We've got some colors we're going to get to right now.
4: We do. And well, we're going to run up to Newmarket and speak to Bill, who's got a van that's doing something funny. Bill, what's going on? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: My um uh, I'm driving a O six dodge minivan caravan. Yep. three point three six or er, six cylinder, right. And what's been happening just recently, if I come to a stoplight uh, with the car still in drive, you apply the brake, come to a full stop. It wants instead of just idling normally or nicely, it tends to want to lurch forward.
7: Mm-hmm. What's that all about, Dave?
4: Well, what You can uh, you know what,
2: Alan, it's, it's probably in the converter or somewhere there.
4: It could very well be. Um, you haven't had a transmission service in the last little while, have you, Bill? No,
2: no, I haven't.
4: Okay, I mean, the first couple things you've got to look at are the actual engine speed. I mean, it could be a problem with the throttle position sensor where it still thinks your foot's on the gas a little bit, when in fact it's not. Um, is there a tachometer in the car?
7: Uh, yes, there is.
4: And so if you put the car in neutral, for example, or in park, what, what's the speed running at, you know?
7: Oh, I'm just guessing now
2: by looking at it me- with memory, maybe around a 1, thousand, fifteen hundred.
4: Well, That's if fine. it's if it's that fifteen, it's a little bit. It
7: wants to lurch forward.
4: Well, see if it is at fifteen hundred, it would be too high. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the first things I'd probably do is is uh, take it in the garage. Have them check the throttle body. Have them check for codes. It could be if you haven't cleaned the throttle body in a long period of time that it's all filled up with gunk in there. And the the computer can't overcompensate for that amount of dirt that's inside the throttle. So you could get, um, you know, a, a rough idle or a qu- a f- idle that's too fast or too slow. So have that checked out. Make sure there's no trouble codes in there. And, um, and again, uh, that should get to the bottom of it pretty quick. All righty? Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Davey, up to you. What's up? Okay,
2: so we did this week the auto show, and the Toronto Star had a thing called the Automotive Intelligence Series, and what that was it was a discussion about important issues for people that are older. Uh, care about, caban- the, I'm not supposed to say marijuana. What? So uh, cannabis? Uh, you cannabis? You know, cannabis. I'm what? not supposed to say marijuana.
4: Why not? It's cannabis 2018. And its on driving. He forgot. Yeah. He must have been smoking it.
2: <laughs> I never <laughs> inhaled. I hear and John in the background there. Anyway, so some of the things that came out that was really fascinating, and the one I I actually monitored one of the events, Mm -hmm. and the facts were fascinating. Fact is that more than people over the age of sixty are oh let me do this again. There are more people over the age of sixty than there are children. Right, ninety percent of the folks over fifty. Have a valid driver's license. 60% of those use the car as their primary form of transportation. And the most important thing is here two thirds of all the cars that are purchased due are bought by people over 50. Okay. And their conversation went to why aren't you building cars for people at our age? And so we decided. Sorry, but what's our age? Uh, say people over fifty who have, or people that have some kind of impairment. Okay. All right. So they're saying instrument clusters should be adjustable fonts and uh, could be enlarged and simplified, better entry and egress. Lighter doors, more visibility. But the best one, David Onley, who was on part of this uh, group, mm-hmm. he said he'd like to see the driver's door and passenger door be electric, just like their hatchback. So if you have a problem pulling the door open or basically closing the door, right. push a button and the door closes on you. Very fascinating. I like, I like that, Dave. Start.
3: I like that one because, I mean, they're already doing it now. with. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you've got an SUV, you kick the back uh, tailgate and it pops up. But, you know, something like that opening up the uh, the driver's door or the passenger door would be great.
4: And yeah. what, did, what did the and manufacturers reply to that,
2: Dave? They, they showed a guy that came into basically a robot suit with weights on it and the knees didn't move properly. And they used this suit to actually test the cars to see if they do have uh, o- older folks in mind or people that can't move around as much. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that really hit me was no bucket seats, Do people get into the bucket seat and they're stuck in there? They can't get out.
3: Well, maybe they should work out.
2: (laughs) It isn't that. Maybe their bucket's too big. (laughs)
4: <laughs> hey, That's what it is. Your bucket's too big.
2: You got an extra <laughs>
4: large bucket trying to fit
2: into a... <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but your bucket is too big. <laughs> yeah, call, G-
3: call Jenny Craig right now and we'll see what happens. Well, outside of uh, butchering people who are maybe a little bit older, but uh, the cannabis issue is a big one, and it's, uh, it's here. Like in, Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's, get with it. It's like people have Mickeys well, in their car. Before we go to break, we're
2: what break. they were saying was uh, cannabis affects the brain, Liquor affects the ability to move around, so the the effect of the brain may never be picked up. So if you're smoking the, and uh, you go to work the next day, they may not even know that you're still high because you okay, can move around. Okay,
3: sure, we'll we'll believe that. Uh, yeah, we'll have a symposium on that. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Take Pass me out. a beer. And his joints making my throat sore. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We have lots of calls to get to, so Al, uh, take it away.
4: All right, we're going to go to Don and Miss Saga, who's got an escape and having trouble filling it up. Are you, Don? Good morning. Good morning. Great show. Is it the price of gas that won't let you fill well, it up?
7: No. <laughs> you know what it is? My wife has a 2009 Ford Escape. Right. I have the pleasure of filling it up for her.
4: <laughs> it's funny how she doesn't know how to do that, eh?
7: <laughs> hey, 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 careful, careful. The pump goes off about, uh, the handle goes off about 15, 20 times. Right, and okay. I'm filling it. Yeah. Now, you
4: don't always go to the same pump at the same gas station, do you?
7: No, no, no. no. All
4: right, good, because I've seen that before. And uh, it's one of those gas tanks or gas holders has no cap. All right. Um, As Dave was talking earlier, we had that caller in uh, where critters were eating the wires. Um, Similar kind of situation. What they're finding is that, believe it or not, Uh um, uh, spiders are making their way inside these uh, tubes, inside the uh, gas filler, because, you see, you've got a number of things that have to happen there. You've got crankcase ventilation. You've got gas tank ventilation. You've got charcoal canisters. They don't want to allow the fumes from the gas tank to escape. Okay. And what they have underneath the back of the car is a charcoal canister, and then they have a valve. So what they find is that um, these things aren't venting properly. So in other words, the, the spiderwebs get in there, they stop the valve from opening and closing, and when you try to fill up your car, the gas backs up, up the, the, the neck of the filler, and then that's why it, it stops working. Oh, so, right,
7: macro. that sounds good. <laughs>
4: Well, it's not yeah, hard to, to diagnose for, at the end of the day. Um, what to do is wait till your car has very little gas in it. Right. And then take it in your garage and tell them what's happening. Because what they've got to do is take the neck off the tank, which isn't that big a deal to do. Yeah. Okay. And, and then they can look inside to see if there's any spiders or, oh, okay. or webs, and they can clear that out. There's so it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. yeah.
7: When you've got to press that. Uh, thing.
4: Exactly. Dave? Actually... Yeah, I was going to say that Mazda actually had a recall on
2: that for, for spiders getting into the vents, and uh, yeah. it caused quite an issue. Exactly what you're describing. And the same thing for the barbecue. If you've got a barbecue in a the spring, they tell you to oh, clean yeah, out the... the uh, sure. Right, exactly right. I, I don't know what the spider's going to find was, in there. But oh, the you get in in,
3: in gat. In barbecues, you know, you get a lot. You get these earwigs that always creep in there. Ew. Yeah, you just a little bit on a ribeye. Not bad. I'm kind of <laughs> glad you didn't invite me over. <laughs> for, <laughs> it's not neat. Ribeye is crunchy, especially not in the fall. Okay, it's well bread. thanks. Guys. Okay, okay hey,
2: hey, thanks, for coming in. thanks for Thanks okay. for
4: calling. All right, Steve, wait,
2: that's not a rib. That's not an, a, a, a what do you call it? An earwig. That's an oregano. Oregano. Well, you know, after
3: <laughs> if you if you let it rest for a while, it becomes oregano, and then uh, rosemary. And you just, All right, uh, we're you
4: know. gonna move on next to Nicholas in Halton Hills. Nicholas, you're in the business of fixing cars. Is
6: that right? Uh well I am a little DIYer but uh what I'd like to say is I'm about 50 years old and I've owned over 30 vehicles in my lifetime and right. Um, right. touching on this curbsider used vehicle uh industry um uh, uh from my from my experience I can honestly tell you that it is something that is very prevalent these days and and uh, I think the primary contributing factor for this is the price of a new vehicle, unfortunately, is out of reach for many people. I mean, the uh, nobody buys a car outright anymore. I mean, I don't know if you remember back in the 70s and the 80s, they used to actually advertise the price of a vehicle. Now they advertise monthly payments and interest. But to, to that extent, um, what I'm finding based on my informed uh, exposure and opinion is the volume of used vehicle sales in Canada is at the same level, if not possibly surpassing sales volume of new vehicles. Right. And, and unfortunately, when you have such an environment or landscape of used vehicles being so much in demand because of people not being able to afford a 40, 50 K vehicle, right. it, that you're going to get a lot of um, undesirables contributing to the used car sales, such as curbsiders and whatnot. And and look, I, I I have relatives in the business, and the majority of people will log into Mannheim auctions, and they will look at a little picture on the internet and make a decision if they're going to buy a car from the auction to sell it at their lot. Right. So what I would like to emphasize to people in the industry is for auctioneers to ramp up their scrutiny, scrutinization of of used cars, because a lot of times a used car dealer or even a regular dealer will buy a car from the Mannheim auction or any other auctioneer for that matter. Mm -hmm. When it gets delivered, then they start to realize that there's problems and then they've got to invest in their... You know, their uh, hourly rate mechanics to fix it, and that reflects on the price.
4: Yeah, but, Nicholas, you understand that when people are buying, first of all, to buy at an auction like that, for the most part, you have to be a registered dealer, number one. You know, you just can't go in there as somebody off the street and buy a car. Number two, they understand that they are buying the vehicle as is, okay? In other words, the de- the the people who are selling the car, the auction, are just the facilitator. Those are the only people who are offering up. Like, they're not the ones selling the car, really, right, uh, Terry?
1: That's right, yeah. Be another de- dealer selling the vehicle through the auction. Mm.
4: And they all understand yeah, that
2: add- you Go ahead, Dave. Alan, I should add, the auction will test the car for you. They charge you 75 bucks and they put it through their mechanical shop, and if they see something majorly wrong, you can back out of the deal.
4: Mm. All right, good to know. So okay. that is
2: available.
3: All right, guys, listen, stick around, and uh, we've got a few more minutes left to go To uh, if you got any questions about uh, your car, truck, or uh, light van, whatever it may be, and uh, questions about OMVIC and what you should and shouldn't yeah. be looking for. Give us a call right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. This is a question that we often get emails about and calls. Right. So, Al, you can uh, fire it over to Mr. Terry O'Keefe.
4: Well, apparently I was wrong.
3: You are, because you're busy drumming.
4: um, Well, no, I'm not, actually. Um, I understood that, uh, you know, first of all, when a a dealer buys a car at the auction, that he knows that he's buying it as is, and, and he's buying it, well, I'm not certified, obviously. But, Terry, apparently I'm wrong in terms of dealers do have to disclose certain information.
1: What is that? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as we talked about before, there's those 22 disclosures okay. that a dealer has to make when they sell that car about a vehicle's past use, history, so even, and condition. even when they're selling it to another dealer? They have to make all of them with one exception, okay. and one? that is needed repairs. Okay. So it, it's expected that one a dealer would would be they're experts in, in vehicles that they would recognize if a vehicle needed repairs, mm-hmm. but. All of those other disclosures that we've talked about, uh, past use, accidents, uh, former daily rental, all those things have to be disclosed when one dealer sells the vehicle to another dealer because how is that second dealer going to make those disclosures to the customer if the dealer they bought it from didn't tell them?
4: And and, and is that an excuse down the road? I mean, let's say they go back
1: to that used car dealer, the middle guy now, Mm -hmm. and he goes, not to my recollection, and that's a great question. And we, a lot of people think that our complaints and inquiries team is mm-hmm. just there to help consumers right. who have a problem with a vehicle they bought from a dealer. But very often, the complaints and inquiries team, let's say the, a consumer bought a vehicle and something wasn't disclosed uh, because that dealer wasn't made aware of it from the dealer they bought from. Ah. So our complaints and inquiries team will try to help that consumer solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then if the dealer who didn't know about it... Wants our help? We'll help them deal with the dealer who sold them the vehicle without providing proper disclosure. Ah, so it's not just the retail customers that have. uh, Uh, You know, we should
2: add something too. Yeah, um, is that at the auto auction? If you're continually, you know, not telling the truth, the dealers will not buy cars from you. You become blacklisted. So it's really a group of folks that trust each other. And if if you show up with cars that are continually, you know, hidden damage and all these things you haven't declared, you're out. You may show up at the auction, but nobody's going to buy your cars. And the, the second thing we should say is when it's a police car or a rental, you have a document and it's on there. It's written police car x off or whatever the heck it is. And that affects the price. So the reality is if you've got a car that shouldn't show up at the auction, don't bring it because it's, it doesn't work that way. It yeah, works but- that they trust each other. And, and, and that's how we move cars back and forth.
1: All right. It's about transparency. There's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with selling a vehicle that's a former daily rental or a vehicle that's been in, involved in a collision and has been properly repaired. It's just important that you disclose it, that everybody knows exactly what they're buying, whether it's from one dealer to another or from a dealer to a consumer. Okay, we've got time
4: and, for one more call here. All right, we're going to go to Jim in Shirkston. It's by the beach, right,
7: Jim? Yes, it is. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dave, i got a 1998 GMC sure. Sierra. Um, It won't start, 4.3 liter, uh, won't start in damp weather. Mm. It hasn't started since Tuesday.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, Usually that's what wiring is damp. Pardon? It's, it's usually the wiring gets damp and, and uh, doesn't conduct electricity but zaps everywhere else. Um, I used to use like penetrating oil. First off, just spray the wiring uh, and see if it doesn't resolve the problem. And mm-hmm. if it does, that's not the fix. The fix is you've got to replace all the wiring that is causing the issue. Okay. Now, if it you've got
7: coils built in. About a week ago. Right, but the and problem right may be the wires. With um, some kind of uh, ignition sealer.
4: Well, question, yeah, but after, a you, displacer. after you put the, com- the cap on, did you try to start the vehicle? Yeah. And it wouldn't start, correct?
7: <laughs> no, it started.
4: Oh, it did start at that point?
7: Yeah, and that's when um, a friend of mine, him and I, we just had a can of that spray, and we sprayed the heck out of it, and it started ever since. And then yeah. just this week when it started getting really damp on Tuesday, right? Uh, it just turns over, but it doesn't start.
4: Well, it sounds to me like uh, you've got an issue with the wires themselves. But how old are the plugs in the car?
7: Uh, I don't know. I bought it off my neighbor okay. so about a year ago, so I haven't changed anything, like I say. And I talked to him, and he said he had the problem before, Okay, and he changed the distributor cap on it twice.
4: Right. Well, you see, the the spark plugs, um, if they're worn, I mean, that that's the area of resistance there. Okay. That That's where the spark has to jump across, and if that gap is way too large, um, it's going to want to go somewhere else. It's going to take the easiest yeah. path to ground. So if Like, you're most likely going to need wires, as Dave said. But since you've got the plugs off the wires, I would pull a couple plugs out and have a look because it's going to be the best time to change them. All righty?
2: All right. Thanks a lot, guys. You're very welcome. Good luck. Okay. Alan, remember we used to spray them with this sort of a lacquer? Right. And then after a while, the lacquer would crack and exacerbate the situation.
4: Question though Did you ever try to start the car before the lacquer dried, Dave? Yeah,
1: it goes poof. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't spray it with it running either. It's just, is that yeah. the same thing? First
3: hand like, experience. Is that the same thing like uh, linseed oil? Remember, we had that guy call up saying, put it on the outside of your car, your on tires, the tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it brings the sheen right back. Well, what, it, what it doesn't what he didn't tell us is that it produces the amount of rubber compound. So you go from uh, 275, whatever the tire is, down about a 210.
4: Well, don't forget, before we went green, you know, the propellant in the can, and that aerosol can, was usually a propane or something that was quite flammable. Yeah, boom. And that's why it went bang.
2: Yeah. I used to let they spray ETH on a run engine. Whack! Let's <laughs> go up in the air.
4: <laughs> you have to watch your eyebrows, eh? But, uh, yeah. So
2: I, in of that hair, you
3: know that stupid hair. Yeah, All right. We got to uh, run. Can you hear the music in the background? I I cannot hear a thing. But Lots listen, of great caller. We want to thank Terry O'Keefe from Omvik who joined us for today. Uh, what's your website in case people want to get more information on it?
1: Omvik.ca.
3: And this is the last weekend for the auto show. They have a booth down there. Exactly. And remember, do
4: your homework before, because it's way easier to fix the problem before you pay the money. And for than those,
3: after. and for those who can't get to a website and they want to phone. Directly, What's the number for
1: Umvik? 1-800-943-6002. Beautiful, beautiful.
3: Gelman, have a good weekend. You're going to go drum and hit the skins, right? Uh, I am, as a matter of fact, playing on uh, Monday and Wednesday. Very this week. good, very good. Dave, thanks for joining us. Listen, uh, by all yeah. means, go to yeah. our website today, over the weekend, anytime. You can get gas there. You can, and without any uh, poof or critters going through your gas tank. Don't day. pull my finger, just press the button. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Together, just sing a song and bring the sunny
2: way.